1: Margaret, Eric yeah, fiend coming out. You stick, on, stick that big lead, red light bulb on for a fiend.
2: And his partner? For the top end of Stevenson.
3: lonky going to take the bump
1: for this. He's going to bump for it. I'm going to take the bump for you. I'm going to take the bump for you. Coming down. Hello and welcome to Wrestling Daft. My name's Rab Florence. The pandemic is still gone, but that Disney not stop Gredo for coming Rooney Mahoos, coming into my kitchen, sitting there today, this podcast, I know there's maybe social distancing, but fuck that, how you doing, great, give you a cuddle. How you doing mate, you got a biscuit? Uh, yeah, hold on, I'll okay. you a cuddle,
2: <laughs> oh, big squeeze, <laughs> <There we go. laughs>
1: uh, that was nice, uh, well we have, a uh, we've got a cracking show, we've got a uh, former Impact World Champion, Sammy Callaghan, as one the show,
3: and it's not the Sammy, I keep saying this, it's not even funny, but you know, it's not the Sammy Callahan for
1: X Factor. Aye, uh, you can look forward to Grado actually asking Sammy Callahan about that X-Factor connection later on the show. But, but uh, very good, worth listening to it. A very switched on, uh, confident dude. He, he knows he's he, he knows what he's all about. Uh, so it's very worth listening to that. Have you been up to anything, Grado? I've just got to say, for five foot eight, he's, he's a
3: fucking, he's solid, man. Absolutely solid. A scary S- wee bastard. Same height as me.
1: So You're 5'8"? I'm 5'8", aye. I'm 179 centimetres. Everybody thinks I'm like 5'2", because I'm in Burniston with Ian Connell, who's like six foot something, you know, and and Kirsty and Louise are both quite tall and all, and you know what I mean? So it's like, everybody thinks I'm short, because I'm just in shows with tall guys. And I realised that again when we were doing the Scots pilot, and I was standing there beside Jester and Ian Connell and that, and I was going, I've fucking done it again. I've cast a whole load of fucking tall people in my show. Just need to watch that, mate. Uh, let's check out the correspondence for the last episode. I love. Let's get to what the punters are saying, because that's what this show's all about. We love the punters, don't we? we listen, mm-hmm. John, I'm going to say this again. Producer yes. John, we need to get more punters on the show, actually talking to them and interviewing them. One, you see one episode, we're going to have to do an episode where we interview some of the punters. Why don't we date know? next week. Why don't we create a feature, a brand new feature for the show where we get someone... A feature? Because like- we don't have time for features, mate, because we're always having to interview all these big fucking stars. And, I'm, and as much as I love Sammy Callahan and the Chris Jericho's and the fucking Sha Samuels and all these people, we can't just be filling the show up with big stars all the time because the biggest stars in the firmament are fucking sitting right here, Mean Grado. <laughs> <laughs> right, you know RJ Singh, as in the wrestler. Well, off the back of chat about asking an non-wrestling fan to pick six wrestlers in know for a stable. He asked his wife. So she said, Here's her stable Stone Cold Steve Austin, John Cena, Hulk Hogan, Big Daddy, The Undertaker, and Jimmy Havoc.
3: She didn't even pick RG. (laughs) Sang.
1: Never even picked her man. RG is great. I remember watching him years and years and years ago
3: for FWA. And and I remember working with him at Future Pro Wrestling. He was over like, fuck, he's such a nice guy.
1: FWA Frontier Wrestling Alliance for anybody here. You need to know your fucking history on this show. If you're listening to this show, you need to know your history. Now, Kurt Johansson asked his fiancée. She went for The Rock, The Miz, Mar- Marisa. How do you say her name, by the way? Marise. Nah, it's no Marisa. It's Marisa, right? It's Marise. It's Is Marisa, he, what I, I work with Marisa, and she spells it
3: M-A-R-I-S-A. I call Miz, her Arsha for a laugh.
1: The the guy in Vikings, Edge, the one to do with death. The Undertaker. No, hold on. I'm calling that on that. There's no way somebody doesn't know what The Undertaker's called. The one to do with death? No fucking chance. No, I believe somebody would say that. I don't believe that. Kurt Johansson, I don't believe this fucking happened. I don't believe this happened. I want proof. I want an audio clip for your fiancé on next week's show. To prove, I want her to say that she said these words. The one day with death Because I don't believe it. It sounds like fucking bullshit. Don't try and go on her show under false pretences. But see, it
3: is funny when 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 people day mix up wrestling names or they forget it. I remember. Um, I don't know if I've told this before. When we were putting up posters around Bell's Hill, and Conscience was fucking the the daddy of Bell's Hill. Conscience was a man, and uh, we were promoting a show. And one of the guys picked up a poster and went, "It's Big chance on it. It's Big chance on him." on the show and we're like you mean Conscious aye, aye that's him Big Chancer <laughs> Big Chancer on the show
1: <laughs> and conscience was like the main guy right I so he was like everybody knew Conscious this guy we, need to, we should get conscience we on the definitely show definitely should, should mate Con conscience. if you're listening
3: he's a bell man or i bell you right
1: I let's get Big Peter on let's the show because he's a guy who was right there at the fucking the very very start of this new fucking a. Uh, what would you call it? A new jungle... Revolution. Of, of revolution. Exactly. Uh, the new gave jungle me, of revolution, mate.
3: He, he gave me a new start well, starts in wrestling.
1: I just want to ask Peter, Big Con, I want to ask Conscience if he ever dreamed when he was booking the Lowlanders <laughs> that Grant Bar was going to be, or as the, the newspaper said once, I'm sure, Glendon Bar. Did they know? <laughs> <laughs> They're going to Glendon something. Was it no that um,
3: it was when Test Drive came out? Aye, and they fucking they they didn't call me Glendenbar, but they went. Um, B, the new BBC Scotland channel um, is going to start off with a, with a cracking uh, quiz show hosted by Glendambo. <laughs> that was that was in the press that they used, that, and it was not the people's mate. It was not the papers, <laughs> I <I'm> fucking raging. <laughs> If they looked up and looked up Wikipedia and went let's not use his wrestling and then we'll call his real name one
1: website <laughs>
2: oh,
1: went on an old fucking GeoCities roster page <laughs> 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 nope <laughs> how funny is that uh, ring the bell ding ding first time listener Andrew Ogden says really good and really funny listen overall uh, they pressed in World of Sports proposed tapings, did them over for 80 quid on a non cancellable hotel. Ah, oh, fuck. So, listen, fucking loads of guys had their dreams uh, dashed. So shut up about your 80 quid and <laughs> ring the bell for another. <laughs> For another new listener, TWF, Dan, love finding new podcasts. He just discovered the Wrestling Daft podcast, and it's really bloody good. It's true. Really interesting chat between Sha Samuels and Grado Wrestling about World of Sport and how... Hold oh, don't let me read this again. Really interesting chat between Sha Samuels and Grado Wrestling about World of Sport and how that all came... Hold on, let me read. Really interesting chat between Sha Samuels and Grado Wrestling about... World of sport, man. Right, fuck you, T.W. I'm not I'm no. going back to listen to some more. If you listen again, you'll see there's another guy on that show. Uh, clearing up what channel WCW was on back in the day. Aaron says WCW was on TNT, which came on as soon as Cartoon Network finished on a Friday night. Oh, Somebody probably said already, but here you go. Friday. No, that's
3: good to know. I actually got a got, um, uh, DM for the title wrestling promoter, um, Big Ean, and he said, hope you're good. Was listening to the podcast. WCW was on ITV Tuesdays at 2am around 1992, and he says he used to stay up and watch it uh, before he called his. He used to stay up and watch it and called his girlfriend in Detroit before she went to work. <laughs> um, I don't know if he wants WCW. Does
1: his wife does his wife know he was phoning his girlfriend in Detroit?
3: I was just thinking, like, mean, big man, shout out to you. Hope I've no fucked in for you with
1: that. No, I right. Our friend Chris, right, has a, a listener of the show, friend of the show, has, has really kind of kicked off our thread of the week on Twitter. He said in honour of our Zoom background with Glenn Michael, I have Glenn Michael as my Zoom background uh, last time, always thought Paladin would have been a great manager. He says, what other mainstream celebs or TV characters would have been great wrestling characters? You know? Uh, ben Hall says that Ron Face Sparks would be a good rival for Orange Cassidy. Do you know who Ron Face Sparks is? He's no. a keyboardist for Sparks. He just had a, a very thin moustache and he would just stare and he didn't really do anything much. So yeah. that's, a, that's a very good suggestion there. Um, but also, no man for the young team, I would say. No man yeah. for the young team. <laughs> ben Hall is obviously about 64 years old. <laughs> Sean Cooper says Brian Blessed would be a great general manager, commissioner. True. That's a good one. Right. Andy Muirhead says Derek acora He is d right off. He'd get possessed by the spirit of a random wrestler. Not necessarily dead from bygone eras each week, they did their entire gimmick, entrance, moveset, mannerisms, a lot. You'd never know who he was going to be until he came out gangrel, tugboat, you name it.
3: I remember Adam Shame said I should do like a Derek Acora gimmick, and I'd, I, I thought it'd be fucking brilliant in wrestling.
1: But then you've got, have you
3: ever seen, have you ever had a Clinton Baptiste, rub? Aye. Oh my God. Have you ever listened to this podcast? No, is it funny? Oh mate Rab, you'd fucking love it. Please go and listen to Clinton Battery's podcast.
1: I will. Max uh, says Grado's boy Michael Barrymore would be a good tweener. <laughs> Tween what though? <laughs> right, Keep on. Tween what? Um Ken Aid Waterhouse says the twins from Funhouse versus the Bellas has WrestleMania written <laughs> over it. <at us. laughs> another one brilliant. another one for the young team there. <laughs> you know what I was on Funhouse? You are not. I wasn't was owning it. I wasn't on it. But my school went and were at my my, my class was at the tapings for it. And you could see me right down the front with my school uniform on. And I wish I could find it. I wish I could find the episode. Because I remember when it came on the telly and our school was told this is the episode you'll be in. And we watched it, and I say to all my sisters, you just need to watch, it. I'm on fun house this week. I'm on funhouse this week. And for some reason I was there. And when Pat Sharp ran out with the twins and stuff like that. I, I was All you could see is a wee me at the front with my school tie on and my wee hangmate and I was doing, this is what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> we went on a wanking gesture. Accidental. I didn't realise I was doing a wanking gesture. But you could just see my wee horn kind of going like I must have been doing a kind of half hearted cheer, but it just looked like I was going wank, wank, wank with my fist. I wish I could been- when, when,
3: Somebody Surely somebody out there might have access to the archive of Funhouse. That'd be great to get that clip.
1: Go through every episode and see if you can find a wee wanking boy doing oh, the front. Mate, I always wanted to get
3: a show of the go-karts. Just one minute. I'd love to get a now. Nah, did it look you as can good a, can You can't
1: call the twins that. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where you win awards, mate. Right. Uh, Mick Bash says, the footy commentator who did Robot Wars was perfect for play-by-play. Barry Grant, top villain. Joe Mango. <laughs> Hot Rod style <laughs> Jim Robinson, neighbours again would be an ex- what age is their audience? Would be an excellent authority figure. <laughs> authority figure, that's fucking but yeah. What's see Jim McBash, Robinson? Would be that, what about Mac Bash? Is that, that big the ch-
3: the guy that started it Channel Five? Didn't affect my commentary.
2: It's Jonathan. Watch his face, guy He does some BBC now. Ah, oh, what's his name? Aye, so Mac Bash is the guy that sent us tweet <laughs> and I. Uh,
3: the uh, uh,
1: uh, commentator's name is Mac Bash. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: well, know so, you're
3: talking about. He's got a great. He kind of, uh, he's kind of uh, Paul, the UK version of Paul Heyman,
2: kind accent, isn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm it's
3: good. a goal. It's like, like, like this in Channel Four. Jonathan Pearce, Jonathan Pearce. He's uh, uh, over now. He's on BBC. and Shit. Blair is right Dirty there. Den, Dirty Den Denby
1: Stenders. Ultimate heel comes back for a deed. They should have been written into the higher power storyline. Just appears with the hood down. To hello, princess. And his finisher could have been the finger. Done the ball. Oh. Some of a stock, but then has to the climax. <laughs> what the Henderson experiences Max and Obi for Hollyoaks could have been a jobber pair like the Sing Brothers. <laughs> Harry and Marv for Home Alone would also have been good <laughs> chasing the twenty four. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Harry and Marv for Home
3: Alone would also be good chasing <laughs> the twenty
1: segment. Rich <laughs> <laughs> Triple dash! Triple Jordash, Faberic said! And he's good for the buried alive man <laughs> He spent two years under. I.O.
3: Oh dear. This has been the best. Best oh ever, ever Yeah, This has fucking cracked me up.
1: Well done, producer John. Well done. You, you, you nailed it this week. It. Oh my God. <laughs> if you want to get in touch with us about any of that or just random wrestling related stuff, get us on Twitter at Wrestling Daft on Insta at Wrestling Daft podcast, or just Wrestling Daft on Facebook or email wrestlingdaft at gmail.com. <laughs> now, every week we like to separate the good for the bad in wrestling. The Lynx Africa for the Lynx Java. How long did that take, John?
2: Oh. <laughs> I, I, I actually sat for a good 10 minutes trying to work one out for this week. <laughs> uh,
1: good. But I would need to smell both of them to know. Never done, I've never done Java, but I'm currently Java sitting Java next Java to like
2: I don't know if you still get was Java. It? I don't know if you still get Java. Was that the chocolate one? No, it was it was old school, green. It was mine before your time. Oh, really, probably. right. What did you
3: mean? The chocolate one was weird, wasn't it? Did I actually smell the like chocolate? I don't know. I didn't even know. It was a Lynx chocolate. I think there was. Did you remember it, Rab? No,
1: I don't remember I it. I don't all. talk shit anyway. Right. Um. Okay. Put over. Um. And put put down what you want to put over and what you want to put down, mate. What are you asking me? I am going to ask you if you get any ideas yet. I've got. I've got one. I've got Wait, one. When you
3: go, I'll think about
1: it. <laughs> um, my one has got to be. Uh, the debut of Scarlet Bottle. And uh, NXT. Can I just say she is probably the hottest? Are you can't I say that anymore, can't you? No, that's not the reason why. But I you think you're allowed to say that. I I mean, I used that? to I
3: used to work with She was in TNA, man. She was well, well talented. She was great. We, we done great promos together by the way. I mean her like really, really good. I had to it sounds pure jobby, right? In fact, probably was jobbery, but I had to like hold dance in front of you and all that.
1: Get listen, get her on the show, get Karrion Cross on the show as well. If the WWE can't make big money with that guy and this woman, then they've, they've fucking totally lost it. They've he lost has, it.
3: He's money, by the way, and he's so intelligent.
1: Aye.
3: I remember, listen, guess what? Can I just, you probably don't even know this, but see, he, he had one of the most interesting debuts when he d- debuted in TNA, right? It was like a part of a segment where somebody was getting a doing, right? And mm-hmm. you know, the police turned up, right? And one big polish guy was like split it up and he takes the guy who's in fucking Jeopardy and he takes him away for the situation, right? And then when you know, and he I think he's trying to make him feel safe because he's a polis and that. And the Polish pulls out his fucking truncant and just starts leathering in the guy, leathering the guy. And it's a swerve that the policeman is fucking and uh, that's crisscross. And it was fucking, it was well cool the way they did it. Dick, like it sounds cool when I'm telling back. It does sound back, cool. It, it was well cool because cool you're thinking, who's this copper and all that, and then he just starts knocking the fuck at him.
1: It was really, it was a really good debut, man. Well, I just think they just what you've got there is two extremely talented performers who also have an amazing look. NXT did really well. I've been doing really well with their production.
3: That's JB, by the way. He told me he'd done all that stuff. I think.
1: Uh, and so. Sky's a limit, I think. Let's go over to see what the punters are saying. I, I don't yeah. think I want
3: to put over as that set for in your house. That was fucking really cool.
1: Yeah, that was cool. Mm-hmm. That was fun, wasn't it? And right. then
3: also, I would have sorry, to cut in. No, what sorry, would, Maybe would Maybe Bunny, Right. As I noticed that the rock's daughter was in. Was was part of the crowd. I would. Have, I would have protected her. I just Maybe being fucking stupid, but. You
1: think I staff? Well, no, because I think what what you'll be wanting there is I'll know you get treated any differently for any of the rest of the. The young team, young. that's true, mate. That's true. That was a very silly opinion. That I've heard JS Todd wants to put over that Todd Pettinger still alive. I say, Barry WWE, no having Todd gear away a Huss at takeover.
3: Aye. And what about fucking there was no dog Hendricks?
1: No, that would have been cool. That was a mistake. That was a mistake. But then he's probably shielding with this coronavirus. <laughs> he's probably fucking hiding somewhere. A stiff winded blow that gun ludology. <laughs> See, he wants to bury the roll-up, and he wants to put over the eye poke.
3: Remember <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark wants to bury Brian Last, who is Jim Cornette's co-presenter. right really? Ah, right, I know he's got... I ah, he really went to town on Jericho, mate. Or saying that Chris Jericho has failed in everything he's done apart from wrestling, and that's why he always comes back. He wants to stop humming Cornette's boys and get an opinion he's in. You man. never listen to Cornette's podcast? I don't listen to him, mate. Mm. I don't listen to him, mate. I'd rather I listen should. to a dentist give me a root canal than listen to Jim Cornett's podcast. I'd rather listen to a fucking drill. <laughs> That's what I'd rather listen to. Uh, Mara wants to put over Mia Jacks. She gets a lot of shite for being a big woman and hurting people. Is it no the opponent's job to protect themselves? Well, Whoa. her stuff does look like it hurts right enough. Oh, wouldn't it like I wouldn't like a crack it off, her. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> What do you think? A- she's
3: always getting in trouble for fucking. Oh, well, we don't even know she's in trouble, but it's always on adult sites. People were always picking up, Oh, that she's too stiff. Oh, she's hot and folk, How do we know this?
1: If she was, f- I kind of feel almost like that's her gimmick. There you go. Exactly. That's Who's she going to? Fu- Who's she going to injure this week? She's going to go and fucking hot people with that gimmick. She's You're getting
3: invested, t- in You're yeah. invested in that. You're invested in that. Who? Why did? You know, I mean, why have <clears> people bothered? But. It, it, they should, is it not their job to protect ourselves? I totally get what this guy's coming for, by the way. I really get that.
1: No, I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's ridiculous. And I think people are, when people are complaining about Mia Jax, then, you know, if, if just fucking Jabroni Marks without a life. It don't know it's a work when you work a work You're selling it. Shoot, Marks. So uh, Sandy wants to put over Carrying Cross and Scarlett. What a duo. Decimating Champ in six minutes was amazing. What stars for the future? And Sandy so wants to bury the fact that Damien Priest can't get that big one. can see him being a big player in the future, but would love to see him go with Finn Balor at takeover. Keith wants to bury the crowd at takeover John Killing Cross's entrance. Um, naff as fuck when they were chanting fall and pray. Microman chance chants are no cool, are they? There's no fucking Killing Cross either. Why is he written that? Did he write that or did you make the mistake, John?
2: No, he's
1: written that. That's Carrion, the kind of thing you date, John. Because his name's Carrying Cross, you know, which is good, quite clever because it's like carrying Cross. He's, like, he's carrying a cross. He has a cross to bear. you fucking think about that. And also it's like carrying like the meat, like the fucking... You thought about this? I've thought about it too much. <laughs> uh, and Keith wants to put over that In Your House set. <clears throat> it's like, made me miss the classic set. It's even more. Best set ever had to be the Halloween Habit one. Agreed. Maybe WWE should do that for the October pay-per-view and have a return of the big inflatable pumpkins. That would be nice. Jordy putting your WWE brand back in your house and using the classic style, uh, although it should be 100% be a main pay- pay-per-view. And once Barry bury Grado and the shy episode moaning about his arse ruining his big day, I just think that's a bit selfish. After all, it was his arse's birthday today.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, my arse is due to collapse in the next hour or two, so... See, that's a good joke, so I'll, I, I think Martin's in the in the lead for listening to the week, yep. yeah. Scott wants to put her Charlotte for pulling double duty and still putting on great performances and bury that back lot brawl. It's been the worst cinematic match so far. Utter pish. Uh, Aldo's Tash putting her Chris Jericho in commentary this week in AEW Dynamite. The event's not happened yet, but you know Jericho is going to kill. Might as well praise it now. Yep. Jim can't let it. And he's fucking repounding me sharp because Jericho is... And he's he's having a, an incredible run you know. It's in the great twenty twenty. Yes, well, wants to put all the NXT women's division it has been outstanding of late, and well, wants to bury the lackluster booking in AEW. I've not, I've not seen any AEW recently, have you? Well, I've, i am kind of drifting in and out here. I need to be honest. Mm. Sean wants to bury the greatest wrestling match ever tagline for backlash. Too many reasons to get into why it's daft, and put your horns for saving his life and, and, and his dream last night. My hero is. His. <laughs> What do you think about this greatest wrestling match ever? Potter?
3: You need to fill me in. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: This next WWE pay per view is called the greatest wrestling match ever, and specifically the Randy Orton and Edge match is billed as the greatest wrestling match ever.
3: So, is it going to be one of these as you call it cinematic matches?
1: I don't know. What do oh, you think?
2: I apparently it's been taped already right. um, but I don't know if it's going to be a cinematic because I, I don't think it will be because they did that at Wrestlemania mm-hmm. I think do you know what I think I think it's a massive swerve because they've been they've been talking this up so much I think Randy Orton is just going to come out and hit an RKO and that'll be it you could be right mate it could be a swerve
3: because see at the end of the day they need to get folk interested because you know what, it's still like, something like that NXT takeover and stuff like that, right? It's hard to get into wrestling when there's no crowd, right? So they're doing everything to try and attract people to watch it. Like, they got me on the, the In Your House stuff. I wanted to see that. Do you know what I mean? So it's a gimmick. And now that we're yeah. seeing this great greatest wrestling match ever, well, I want to see what it is. So, you know, it's all I'm fucking
1: marketing, really, in it? I think it's going to be a wrestling match in the squared circle in the ring, a proper belt bell wrestling match. But I think they're going to have shot it. In a cinematic style.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: By which I mean it's going to look like a Rocky a film, Raging Bull-esque Aye. wrestling match. That's, this m- is... that's my bet. This is your future of wrestling, the way it's gone and all that stuff, in it, really? It's giving them a chance to experiment with new styles. You can't argue with that. The worst thing the WWE could have done is just keep doing the fucking same stuff. But at least they're experimenting. But do you know, like,
3: but listen, I know that's what I'm saying. i e- not e- e- calling you for fuck's sake.
1: I can ever do that, by the way.
3: But do you know what? All these kind of like cinematic style matches and stuff like that. I'm like, do you know, you would be fucking good at booking something like that, Ian for your creativeness. See you doing something ICW and booking like a mad Look at your smile but you would be good at it. I really think you'd be good at coming up with some sort of. Well, like I said, I'm
1: genuinely thinking about once or this, this nonsense is behind us, I'm genuinely thinking of promoting a show. Right. Do
3: you just,
1: just well, I wanted the what I wanted the uh a That's hustle, a hustle style storytelling wrestling show. with just, we mad stuff happening, mad characters, characters, new wrestlers that exist. the new, are going to be on that right, show. Right, there, right, there will be there, there, will be wrestlers playing the characters, but the characters will be on you. A whole and new it, Is there a crowd? There will there will be an audience. I'm, right. I'm talking about once
3: this mess is all over and done with, you know what I mean? Have you have you approached them any, any TV companies or anything like that? No,
1: I've no, uh, the
2: feelers
1: are out. Wrestling, daft,
3: wrestling. Everybody calm down. Everybody... That's, that, that's John's big, that's him, it? Look at him, look at me. Oh. We can make it wrestling daft, we can do wrestling, daft, wrestling alliance. Come on,
1: let's do it, like, come on.
3: <laughs> You're all g'd up, mate, I can see
1: everybody it. Everybody calm down. This is what
3: he's wanted, mate. Oh, you know every, he this now, mate?
1: Every <laughs> character is new and fresh. The IP is all owned. you know what I mean? It's like the IP is all fucking owned, fresh. Mm-hmm. Merch so, is the merch is fresh. So if they use it to be community center, you're gonna fucking sue them? 100 percent mate. Tyler. I'll fucking put them out of this fucking business. If anybody works for me, crosses me, they're fucking finishing this business, mate. <laughs> So about the content, you can get more for Wrestling Daft to keep you entertained during lockdown by signing up to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Wrestling Daft. We've set up three tiers which you can choose to get involved with Uh patreon.com forward slash Wrestling Daft. Grado, tell them about Tier 1. Tier 1
3: Cruiserweight Champion, which is $4 a month on that. You get a Patreon only chat community. You get ad free versions of other episodes. You get early access. Random bonus content. I'm sure I've done a week in an of interview with John it, about the kind of
2: that's my life,
1: tier two, mate. That's tier two, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's what you're missing t- when you get tier one. Forget about <laughs> tier one, Fucking forget about that's tier two. Forget about <laughs> tier <laughs> one. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, if you're on tier one, you get the video version of the Marks podcast, not on- voting what you want to see and featured. No, uh, it's of wrestling that, but forget about it because you need to hear about this. Tell me about tier two, Gregor. So, tier two intercontinental
3: champion, which is ten dollars a month, and you get everything in t- tier one as well as. A video version of the podcast each week. You get a bonus episode once a month, which will be I've kind of sat down with John for a shit style interview. <laughs>
1: think it was alright, John eh? Can um, you get it tier one or all? No? Can you get that tier one? You can't get it tier one. All right.
3: Just just make this so you can. If you pay $4, you'll not get into your list for an interview. Kind of, you need to fork out an extra $6, which works out about £4.76. So, okay. you know what I mean? Well, yep. Nate, what, just fuck the cruiser. Fuck tier one. Go with tier two, right? <sighs> Um, you get chapter one of the Grado story It's Your Cell so that's what we've called it That, that, that I I, it was I, quite
2: nice the,
3: the Grado story yeah. Uh, yeah. and you can join our pay-per-view parties tier three do you get my video on that? With tier three tier three Ah, you'll get everything from tier two if you sign up for
2: tier three Do you get
3: my video my It's Your Cell documentary aye aye no it's not a documentary I was sitting here in the board ruined by but, um, but it was good I get really emotional I cried at one point um, tier 3 of the World Heavy Witch campaign, which is $20 a month. You get everything in the previous tiers, as well as free tickets to every live events. So I know if you've ever missed out in the past and getting tickets to live shows, then we'll <laughs> so- <laughs> oh, you. <sorry. laughs> uh, you get a free Wrestling Daft shirt, the design of your choice, but you must sign up to a minimum of three months. Plus, you get to feature on one of our shows as one of our miles. So if you fancy becoming one of our patrons, then sign up at patreon.com forward slash Wrestling Daft, as we would love to welcome you to the roster.
0: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You just made the list!
1: Now, this week on our Patreon, we asked for you guys to vote on our list of Wrestling Daft. Remember, you can vote by signing up for $4 a month at patreon.com slash daft. Unfortunately, that tier won't let you uh, hear the Grado uh, documentary thing. So, no <laughs> luck. Uh, this week, it was Good Against Evil as we asked do you want to say talk about the greatest heels of all time or the greatest baby faces of all time and the answer of course was the greatest heels with a whopping 90 that's right 90% that's a lot of the vote so my list here's my list of the uh, three best heels in wrestling history and it's a very was a very very hard one for me to put together let me tell you very very hard because there'll be a lot of great heels and a lot of, and I, I do like a I like a heel And it's one of the ones where I've had to ultimately go, well, I need to choose this one, kind of, you know what I mean? But number three, it has to be Ric Flair.
3: Now, Buddy Landell, it's so hard for me to sit back here in this studio looking at a guy out here hollering my name when last year I spent more money on spilt liquor in bars from one side of this world to the other than you made. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down.
1: Woo. Ric Flair is at number three, and you may think to yourself, why is Ric Flair no higher? And, and I would understand that as well. I think when Ric Flair, Ric Flair playing a heel, you just slot him in there and he's part of some of the biggest rivalries ever. He made some glorious baby faces. I think Sting is one he, no, he spoil if we ever did the baby face list, but I think it's Sting is you know I mean that is just the what is the word I always used to use? What is the word I always used to use all the time, remember? what was it? Quintessential oh, was that the quintessential baby quintessential. face.
3: Quintessential.
1: And and for for that baby-faced sting to exist like he did, you needed that Ric Flair. You needed that swaggering. And also, I met Ric Flair in real life, and he behaved like a heel to me. Aye, he was a cunt to me as well. Total cunt to me. So, uh, so at number three, it has to be... Hold on, was that probably the same night as me? At the Hilton? Aye. Aye. Embarrassing what happened, bro. So, it has to be, number three, the great Ric Flair. At number two, it's a manager. Can you guess who the manager is? Uh, I'm
3: going to say it's uh, Bobby Heenan. Paul Heyman. Jim Cornette.
1: It's Sensational Sherry.
2: Really? I knew you'd swear. I knew you'd swear. There's
0: nobody better than the Macho King. When you talk about the best, you're talking about the Macho King.
2: Better than the best.
0: That's what I said. Tell them. Better than the best.
1: Sensational Sherry when I was a wee guy just blew my mind because you she could and this very rarely happens you you could take a, a wrestler and put them with Sensational Sherry and she could just she could just twist you and turn you Um, she had that a beautiful understanding, a storytelling. She had a beautiful understanding of how to sell a wrestler that was standing beside her, and you just hated her, you just wanted the people. Um, but also, you hated her, but you also couldn't tear your eyes off her. You couldn't. Tear it. She was gold. She was absolutely gold. I think she was really something special, sensational. Sherry That's my number two. But you see, I like that one right because right that that's something that takes you back
3: to your childhood and you remember going, "Fuck, I hate them," which is why if I had to, I mean, if I was asked this... One of the one of my picks would be Stevie Richards. Wow. Because I'm 12 year old and I'm gonna see babies. Right. To I'm gonna see somebody put through a table. You know what I mean? I'm gonna see the godfather. Yep. Wee, wee 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 wee
1: wee wee. Mate, we guy. Brilliant. You wanted Stevie Richards did. We've spoke about it so many times in this show about how fucking great right the censor was. I hope can fucking can't remember. A great stable. Uh, so my number two is Sensational Sherry you don't remember the way she was Will, with Warrior knowing that. Oh, yeah. oh, I love it. Love it. Right. And my number one. I don't think there's any question here. As far as I'm concerned, there's no question here. It's I'm intrigued. Oh, I have no, no, quest, no question. If
2: it's what one, is it,
1: John? Really? It's Vince McMahon, isn't it? It's Vince McMahon. Bye. I was, I was going to say Triple H.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I heard
0: that chat. And I've been hearing it a lot. Just for the record, I'm not the one who's an asshole. It's all of you. Oh, good Lord.
1: Fantastic at performing the heel role. Uh, happy to completely fucking show his arse. Elevating everybody that he's up against. Uh, but also that heel character that vince mcmahon created has been so influential in the wrestling business that almost every fucking promotion out there has done a version of the authority figure who the fucking baby face is rising up against and that is that just created a whole new fucking angle in uh, in the wrestling business there will have been authority figures done in the past. Before Vince McMahon, I'm sure there were heel authority figures and stuff like that. There was wee examples of that here and there. But nothing quite as massive as Vince McMahon going full heel uh, in that period with Stone Cold Steve Austin.
3: You know what? I've, I've heard that in the last couple of weeks that when this Vince character got started on TV, he wanted it to be a baby face because it was shortly after the when he, when he screwed Brett at Survivor Series and he came on the telly to say, look, we asked Brett to do the done thing in wrestling. Um, he didn't he didn't do what we told him and stuff like that. And he thought the fans were going to go, that's terrible Brett done that. But the fans went, oh, fuck you, man. Mm-hmm. This guy's done what he needed today. He's fucking, he's no sitting there for you. And you're also telling us that wrestling's fake.
1: The big man thinks on his feet. Our Patreon, one of our patrons here, Roche, says the Million Dollar Man, perfect heel for the times, capture the greed is good, culture is America. A brilliant heel million dollar
3: man mate, oh, yeah. I remember I remember we, I was in, involved in a match that involved the million dollar man in Komaluk, mm-hmm. and uh, we had to we had to put money down I was fighting Kid Fight and he came in and saved the day million dollar man and he had no like, money just before he went out so I had to give him a fiver he bought <laughs> <laughs> <But> a fiver <laughs> down Kid Fight's fucking throat mate a fiver the million dollar man <laughs> <laughs> fucking fiver <laughs> look at that we even <laughs> hit fiver <laughs> My fiver! <laughs> Whey, you has been waving the air police thinking. I don't know if this is a fucking fifty or hunter. It's a fucking fucking fiver,
1: man. <laughs> That's funny. Nathan says Vince, you just had to hate him. Also Miz, he was so unlikable it took years to realise what a good job he was doing. Great point. And we were talking about the best of the best here, but Miz is a fucking great heel. Miz is a great heel. And who currently is the best heel? in the fucking wrestling game, in the WWE anyway. Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin. Mm. Darbo says, Jake Roberts was an outstanding heel, one of the best of all time on the mic. His heel promos were next level. True, the feud with Savage was already crossing lines with knocking out Miss Elizabeth, but the Cobra attack on Macho was seriously fucked up. Our patron Louise says, TNA, I'm going to go for Bully Ray due to the whole Aces and Eights storyline and the aftermath. Do you remember that? Do you remember that whole... I was... was Who's in in Aces and Eights?
3: Who's in Aces and Eights? But the problem but thats i don't remember what happened then they they they, they
1: pulled the they the stretched fu- out too did, long did they? they stretched out too long ah, this is jbl he was the tail jbl fucking... that's a good pick by the way he was the that's a good pick that's a fucking that's a great pick oh that's an annoying pick because he could have been in my top three. Aye. Because I thought, that what a heel. He was detestable and was years ahead of his time as well, says Steve. A bigoted, southern-born, multimillionaire Republican who was deluded as fuck would attract nuclear heat today. Remember, he was going to Germany and goose-stamping and all remember? Yes. And aye. The- and there was the- always the stories as well they fucking bummed somebody in the showers and all this kind remember. Yeah, people were wanting to kill him. He stuffed where the Guerrero and all that. People right. wanted going to fucking Mexico and all that. And fuck, people wanted to kill JBL.
3: Man. But it was all these backstage stories that people were reading about as well about how much a bully is backstage yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. So they were like, it was fucking. fucking
1: and I need to tell you something. I love, I love JBL. No, nah, I, my, I love JBL on the ring. See, see, a big fucking dude, man, with a big fucking lariat. Mm-hmm. That's what I want, me. Fuck you, that. That's what I, I want. Remember,
3: we were at New Orleans and I was talking to him at the bar. Who was it? introduced me to him? Bruce Pritchard made me introduce me to him. And uh, I was talking to him about how he mentioned Rangers on the telly on mm. Raw because I think he made a joke about them going bust. And we, we got, spoke for a, a good legend. fucking half an hour, right? This is yeah. what, I, I was obviously fucking burying him saying the one that didn't go bust and all that, right? I'm going like, mm. fucking blah, blah, blah on a scary well, night.
1: I think I mind the promo. He was like, I want to talk to you about Sevco. He was so- talking about Sevco now. Do <laughs> <laughs> you do remember what he said? But I don't remember. I don't know. No, remember.
3: He, he fucking it was Drew was wrestling in a three man band, and he said that Rangers are kind of team we went bust or something like that because all, all the Rangers fans were going bush anyway. I, I spoke was speaking to him for ages, and he was drunk, and he was steaming, he was brand new, and we we're talking away and all that. Then the next day he was he was at Bruce Pritchard's show. We were backstage, and I was like, "How you doing, mate? How you doing remember last night?" And you've never seen a guy fucking 180 change for the way he was the night before. To was uh-huh. the other day. He was like. Ah. <laughs> sniffed at me as if to say, fuck off, get my face, and I was fucking devastated. I'm sitting there going, you know what, man, see if I just ran up and slapped him and got a done. I would get in the fucking papers and I would do because I was half cut.
1: I never done it. Great story. That's a, a, a great story. Don't, people need to stop disrespecting my pal Gredo, that's what I say. Rodzilla says, Rudo is sure in for a shout for outside one of the big companies. Spent years as the number one heel in ICW. Huge heat magnet. Certainly, ICW is... Greatest heel. are he? Oh, mate. Aye, absolutely. Absolutely.
3: He he is great. I, I he, See, when I turned heel, that was brilliant. That was such a good, good feel. Even though I didn't want to do that, I did not want to turn heel at one But But I thought if I'm going to do it, I want to date with Red Lining because that was the first guy that was an ICW. We did and we done that whole uh, cuddling on the stage. Didn't need to see anything, but it was fucking excellent. I loved that. I loved, I loved working with uh, Red. He is so... He knows what he's doing. See when I did these great shows, he's a big part of it. He's a big part of helping me uh, come up with a show and run it. But he's a great heel. Uh,
1: and a shout out as well to uh, the podcast as well. Uh, anti-social distancing mm-hmm. uh, that uh, Ruddell and Jack Jester and Wolfgang are doing together.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Shout out to that as well. Check that out if you can. Um, have a listen to that as well while you're we getting all your podcasting in. Uh, oh, uh, so Pablo, says so Bobby the Brain Heenan as Gredo suggested, solid pair of hands in his wrestling days, great commentator, came in his own, It's the head of the Heenan family, no one evil heel, he was always a bad guy, mm-hmm. anyone doing an insult, I'll just see. see that's the thing, For Bobby the Brain Heenan, I love him, I love him, but uh, he's only just no on my list, because he kind of, had to love him as well, kind of, you know what I mean, uh, our patron Sean says, Hogan is top of both lists, baby face and heel, Hollywood Hulk Hogan, obviously was a fantastic Ooh. heel, mm-hmm. fantastic heel, Jardo, uh, Vince McMahon's just a right prick to a point I don't even think it's a character. Easily like the best heel for being so unlikable. Is that Paul, Jardo's? Jardo's that not the guy
3: that signed for Rangers for, a, for about five minutes? Then I he might, went back to Brazil.
1: It might be. That no, was Jardel, wasn't it? All? Paul says Teddy Biasi. Teddy kicking balls for kids, bouncing balls, paying RVD to kiss his feet, buying the WWF title, and then stuffing a fiver down kid fights throat. Uh, John says it has to be Vince McMahon, all-time biggest heel. Randy Orton, by far my favourite heel, but would also say CM Punk heel run in 2012 as one of the best of the last decade. So you, so you enjoy being a heel grader, don't you, will ever be a heel again? Um, I don't know, but at the time I didn't like doing it, but
3: when I go, when I get, when I get wrecked and sit up on YouTube and watch myself and watch the, the promos that I've done in Cardiff and stuff like that, I actually, actually I, I like watching it back. It was good fun. It was good being because all I needed to say was, I am the star of impact wrestling and Fort Wayne, Garth or not. Because even when I was babyface in ICW, I would always get fucked TNA, fucked TNA, fucked TNA. And I always never knew how to react to it. You know what I mean? Because if, if I bite, then they're going to end up booing me. If I, you know what I mean? I don't bite a lot like a dick for no. Acknowledging it, acknowledging it. So it's it tough. was it was good, like when fucking Noam, if I tag with no, I remember Noam once, we were tagging with him and we were going, Fuck TNA, fuck TNA, and he just put his, his horns in my ears as if to say, Don't listen to them, don't listen to him. And that helped, that helped, that was brilliant. You know what I mean? So they're maybe right. getting the referee to do it again. You know, if it happened to me during the match to go referee, fucking covering my ears, I don't want what he does. Yeah, yeah. But no, I really, really enjoyed it and I, I didn't even want to do it.
1: You
2: think they made you heal at the right time, Grado? Do you think that was the right time to make you heal? Um, I don't know because I felt
3: <clears throat> the night I'd done it, I was wrestling in a six-man tag, and the the place was just gone bush for me. And like I think I remember Wolf even saying, going, you you can't return heel now. You can't return heel right now. Listen to this crowd. Listen to this crowd." But Dallas had all these ideas and stuff like that. I wouldn't say I was a hundred percent committed to it because at the same time I had to go into and be this fucking children's entertainer, and so it was hard to to to, to date on Twitter. You know what I mean? I couldn't be a dick on Twitter, and that's where a lot of the where heels do a lot of their what these days is online. So I couldn't really fully commit to it mm-hmm. on, on the internet. Do you know what I mean? And then I, I'm then you know one week I'm at ICW being the big heel, then the next week I'm in Griddleton Hall, back wearing all the Grado stuff and, and and things like that. So it was it's hard to do that when you're especially somewhere up here. But um, I probably want to do you think I'd do it again. I don't know if I mean when nah. wrestling's gonna even come back. <laughs>
1: You know I, mean? I don't think you'll be a heel, mate. I don't think you'll but, be
3: But you know, I remember I remember being gutted that night and Kenny McIntosh, who's off the rope says he says this is like the biggest mistake. He never tagged me on it, but I saw it and he's like, This is the biggest m- mistake he'll ever make in his wrestling career. So right away I was like, I probably instead of being inspired, I was probably like, see what I mean? Look what he's, You know what I
1: mean? Instead of like uh, fucking
3: trying to prove folk right. I was like, I tell you it was a bad idea. Kenny says. Do you know
1: what I mean? Yep, yep. Well, listen, folks, you can do it. Right- you did, didn't you? Do yeah, I think it was a big mistake? No, I mean I think obviously there was there was factors.
2: I think. Yeah, th- I think.
1: Well, I'm getting crickets here.
2: No, because I, I-, uh, I think you've not got the personality to be a heel, and like you say, you couldn't, com- you can't commit to heel because you know, your, your personality doesn't allow you allow you to do it. Mm. It's like you know you th- that it's like dusty roads. I mean, dusty roads could never turn heel career. Aye. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dusty Rhodes can never, uh, ever turn to you because it's just his, his, his in-ring persona and everything around them. It's hard to t- change a character like that. And mm-hmm. I don't think the crowd get invested. I mean, obviously they did with the, the fuck TNA and stuff like that, but it's hard to get invested, invest heel heat, or, or even get heel heat when you're that kind of character. But it was also... I'm, I'm, going, to I'm
1: going to go further than that. I'm going to go further than that. I'm going to say that there are very, very... There are only that many wrestlers and the history of wrestling, right, who have been agents of change, let's call it, right? That's what I'm going to call it, an agent of change. What I mean by that is, like, a Hulk Hogan comes through and the WWF just fucking takes off with Hulkamania, right? Uh, or even, you know, even like a John Cena, for example, he, was, he came in, he was an agent of change. He kind of dragged the WWF into another new period and stuff like that and kicked off a whole new era in the WWF. Um, and Grado, you you had a whole, you, you did the same thing. You were an agent of change as well. You came in to British wrestling, and then you were, you were at the center of, all of this kicking off. And I think when you're one of the figures, you, you became kind of iconic in a sense. You're no just another one of the wrestlers on the roster who can, I'm going to do this now, I'm going to do that now, I'm going to that now. You've become a kind of distinctive, kind of definitive character in in the fucking world that you're in. So, you, you know, so it's very, very difficult for you to do that. You know what I mean? It's one of the things, it's very difficult today when the wrestler is... It's that one thing, one guy isn't bigger than the company, right? But it's not really true in your case. You know what I mean? It's not really true in your case. And you can do that. I think you can do that kind of turning and trying. So let's experiment, let's try and see how it works and stuff like that. If, if that isn't the case, but um, that's why I just I don't know. I don't think it was a good idea. But you know, I think ICW are a brave company. You know what I mean, they're always happy to try stuff I and they're guess, always happy to experiment and stuff like that. It's sensationalist,
3: isn't it? So I can understand why they wanted that moment when I did them. here going to become like the Hollywood Gredo. And, and, you know, cut the promos about being the telly star and I made this and stuff like that. So I can see their people, why they wanted to do it.
1: But Hogan could turn Hollywood Hulk Hogan because he had already spent a period where he was kind of in the bin.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I, he was like... You need that, you uh, need that fucking period where you're a passe, maybe a fucking anymore. You're in the right. bin and you reinvent yourself. You know what I mean? But you're only there.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting to hear that. It really is because it's something that I'm like... Was that the right thing to do? But and I didn't really enjoy it. But now when I look back, I'm like, God, that actually was quite. Cool when I watched some of the videos back, but it's as interested to hear your two takes
1: on it. I don't doubt for a second that a John Cena, for example, as well, as often kind of went to sell. Oh man, how cool would it be mm. to fucking run out there? And he probably did it all the time. He probably then, that thought. But... I respect.
3: I, I've always respected Cena for being the guy that he is. That he never turned heel. But at the same time, he was a heel. Do you know what I mean? When I, I remember watching him and thought, oh Cena t- should turn heel. But I'm thinking. He already has a heel because he's, you know, I mean, he's the, the, the he's getting, boo- you know, John Cena sucks.
1: Yep, yep, yep. It was
3: enjoyable the fact that he never gave him the heel turn. That in itself as being a fucking bad guy, no you know what they want.
1: You're right, mate. You're right. anyway enough about you. <laughs> 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 You can go to Wrestling Daff right now with your very own Wrestling Daff t-shirt, hoodie phone cover, trucker cap, trucker cap, or one of a range of grado inspired bum bags. Get them at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daff nay backslashes. On there you'll find designs such as Alexa. Who is Graham Steveley? I'm a Mark. Crud. Chip Cheese like and Donner an meat. <laughs> I'm a wrestler too. Did
2: Alexa just kick it off there, eye? Uh, just came on aye.
1: Okay. And if you're thinking about buying a face mask, to go to the co-op we have them as well. <laughs> Has anybody bought any, John? There is a, a, a
2: demand.
1: No, that's not. That's, that's a fucking no then, isn't it? So check <laughs> out our range at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling. Or check out the links on our Facebook page or Twitter at wrestling. Right,
3: guys. Welcome to the podcast. None other than a guy who's wrestling for my favourite company of all time. It's actually CZW. I bleed yeah. black and yellow. I bleed black and... Yellow. Yeah, uh He's been in Ring of Honor, WWE, and Look shot underground, and he's currently on the books. And my second favorite promotion of all time. Don't um, forget, Plant I wrestled for for
4: sh- awesome, man. I wrestled pretty much I- every. Japan,
3: you've wrestled at ICW. ICW, Rev Pro, WSW, everywhere. And you know what I loved? Um, Who was in Chicago? Was it AEW? That two days after you get released or some shit? Oh, w- yeah, or you never get released. You requested your fucking.
4: Cl- Let's just like, get that straight. F- just now, no, I quit, man. Yeah. Why did you quit? Were you getting bullied? Uh, I wasn't really getting bullied. I just wasn't myself. It was such a—I've said this in so many interviews, and I hate saying the same thing, but it's easy. I bet you did. One last it. time, uh, I became a total bitch when I was in WWE. I tried to be everything they wanted me to be, uh, and right at the tail end, I was supposed to lead Sanity. It was supposed to be me, Madman Fulton, and Marcus Louis, who's a French wrestler. And we had actually pitched the name Edge of Sanity. I designed all the gear. We were getting ready to go. And they kept saying, oh, it's going to debut then. It's going to debut then. It's going to debut then. And then they gave us uh, – I gave myself uh, – I'm a very goal-oriented person. I said, if I wasn't doing something major by the end of the year, I'd already been there three years and I was going to leave. Uh, because I, I had to get out while still young and, and still continue to build my name. So they had told me, they're like, yo, uh, we're not going to pull the trigger on this to after Mania. And then I was like – you know what? Like you guys have told me a lot before, and none seems to come to fruition. So I'm gonna go ahead and like peace out. They try to get me to stay, and I remember uh, the, the the point that really struck home that because they almost uh, Matt Bloom and. Uh, Canyon Seaman almost talked me into staying, and the the last thing that Canyon Seaman said to me was when I knew I made the right decision. When he said, "Yo, the door will always be open, but no, I don't go out of my way to to hire five foot eight white kids." Oh, and I fuck, said, fuck. "Okay, well, if you think that less of me, like mm-hmm. pretty much, I'm going to go out and shove it down your throat and show you why I'm one of the top wrestlers on a planet." And I think I've done just that,
3: oh, man. You're, you're fucking, you've absolutely nailed it. But you know, I was I was listening to an interview with you before, and it was really interesting. I was just telling the troops before you came on, that's that's hacker gimmick, man. Really, that would have been uh, that that gimmick, that idea. You, you said that you know, Freddie versus Jason isn't scary, but a hacker, somebody coming in and fucking wiping you online, is probably the biggest move you could ever make. You know, what I mean, imagine a hacker fucking stealing your followers or deleting your followers and stuff like that. There's so much today that you can do that.
4: going on in the world right now. Social media is the most terrifying thing on the planet. It is. -hmm. It fucking is. It's, 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 It's so wide that it would be a fucking great character. It's something I actually came up to with before I went to WWE, when I was in Evolve. I actually pitched it to Gabe Sapolsky, and he's like, yo this is amazing. Wait to pitch this until you get to WWE because this could be your character. I said, 100%. So when I got to WWE, uh, Dusty Rhodes loved it. And uh, he had helped me put a lot of pieces together. We had a lot of dope things planned. But the office just didn't understand it. They said, why would a hacker wrestle? I said, well, why would an undead wizard, the Undertaker wrestle when you really think about it? And uh, it was just something that just didn't click, didn't click, didn't click. And they never really allowed me to do what the character should have done. It's something they didn't want to do at the time. And now I see uh, I've I've held it in my back pocket for years. I finally do it on impact wrestling. And after I've done it for eight weeks, WWE directly rips it off and does the exact same things we're doing. uh, Week after week on television. And for the people powers be, I've talked to many people there. I was like, yo, why are you ripping off my stuff? Like, you know what? Like, We didn't watch the impact stuff. We didn't even know you were doing it. To be honest, this is just what a hacker would do. And I I called bullshit on that. Like, come on. 100%. I I came up with this character, and it doesn't bother me. Someone else is doing it. It's the fact that they're doing it right when I start to do it. Like, I've held this in my back pocket for years. You told me it was a stupid idea, and then I'm showing it's working on television. You're like, you know what? We're just going to do the same thing. All the way to the catchphrases from saying, nobody is – to saying uh, I see everything like they're stealing term from term and almost shot for shot what our pre tapes was in our build to revealing the character and everything in wrestling is ripped off I understand that, but at the same point like that really fucking grinds my gears.
1: See it's an interesting thing that because I, I work in the, in the TV industry and when I started as a writer I remember one of the things I really worried about was protecting my ideas. Like trying to keep my ideas locked down and stuff like that. And then I realized that among writers, there's a nice kind of, there's a, there's a good kind of community where we don't lift each other's ideas. It very rarely happens. It very rarely happens in writing and in TV. But in the wrestling industry, would you say it's a kind of different, is it a different kettle of fish there? Do you need to kind of protect your ideas? because everybody- I don't know.
4: I think if someone thinks they can get it on television and make it their idea, they're like, oh, we got it on television first. It's an obvious idea. Uh, yeah. Nothing against CM Punk, but you look what CM Punk did. He went and started calling himself the best in the world, which Daniel Bryan had been doing for years. Yeah. But CM Punk was the first one to get it on television. So everyone thinks, oh, well, WWE's the end-all, be-all. He did it there first. He obviously created it. And being in the Performance Center for almost three years down working for NXT – I saw it time after time after time. We would do stuff in promo classes, building our characters, pitching our characters with Dusty Rhodes, and they film everything. And then three weeks later, you'd see them doing on the main roster exactly what we were pitching in promo class. Exact, Exact ideas, exact promos. And it got to the point where it's like, Obviously, we're just an idea farm down here at the PC. So I just quit cutting promos with anything in my character. I started cutting promos on an inanimate objects because I had seen time after time after time stuff and phrases I didn't yeah. say in promos or looks I'd experimented with in developmental to try to get noticed to get in a better spot on NXT. And they'd just be given to someone on the main roster.
3: I'll tell you what. I saw it
4: happen to Eli Drake. Eli Drake, who did not get along with the powers to be down there. He could have been a huge star for WWE. Uh, he had done the movie star character, the movie star previews, everything. Pitched for weeks after weeks after weeks. They shot vignette pitches. And then a writer directly told Eli Drake, this is nothing special. We can do this with anyone. Four weeks later, they're doing with the Miz. Like almost the exact same pre-tapes. That's nothing against the writers or the people. Like, I understand yeah. they are under a lot of pressure. And half the stuff they get thrown out gets changed or told is stupid. So if you see something in developmental, it's not on television yet. Like, that's a free idea. And it just sucks to the point. Like, I don't blame people for doing that. But it sucks at the same time for the people that busted their ass to create a certain concept, don't even get the credit for it. Yeah.
1: Sammy, so, I mean, you hear so many stories of talent going to the WWE and then getting fed into that system and being stuck there, staying there for a long time, trying to conform, trying to fit in, trying to do the right thing. What do, you think, what do you think is the difference in you and Sammy Callahan, where you decided that you were going to walk away, that you were going to know your worth and walk away? What do you think is the difference maker there and your background or coming up? The major, the not, guy that goes I'm no not
4: person, I think the biggest thing was I wasn't just complacent collecting a really good paycheck mm. just sit and do nothing like that's not what life's about I want to experience I, I want to be the top guy anywhere I am and obviously I saw that wasn't happening if I' stuck it through th- there was no inkling of them releasing me at all like me asking for my release kind of came out of left field uh yeah. as what they said, but it was one of those things that I I just felt like even if I would have stayed, I would have ended up on main roster, but maybe I would have, I would have been another guy just running after the the twenty four seven championship
1: right.
4: in WWE. If if the perception of you is one thing, even though if you're something different, it's really hard to break that perception.
1: Yeah.
4: And you you go
3: when you went to TNA, man. I've never seen somebody so fired up to to really get involved um, in a company and make a and make a big difference, and they really let you run with. It. Impact,
4: is that still the case?
3: Are you getting to the base? Basically- right.
4: uh, the one thing about Impact is I was a huge Impact fan growing up. I ordered every Wednesday pay-per-view. Me as well. Uh, before I went to WWE, I wanted to go to Impact Wrestling. I did a gut check where uh, <laughs> me and Tommaso Champa wrestled on it in New Jersey. And Jeff Jarrett straight pulled us out of the gut check. So, yo, you're going to be hearing from us in a couple weeks. You're going to be hired. That neither one of us heard anything. <laughs> So that's why I went and did the (laughs) WWE tryout and ended up getting signed on WWE because everyone dreamed to have that WrestleMania moment. But uh, it was one of those things that uh, I wanted to go to. When I left WWE, I looked at every major company. If you look at a span of a month, I wrestled for Impact Wrestling in New Japan. I could have probably went the New Japan route, but I didn't really want to go to Japan that much. Like, I, I like being able to be at home. I like being able to be uh, able to do my own things like going over for a month at a time. Like that's great for some people. That just wasn't great for me with what I'm trying to do in my life. I'm trying to have other projects. And when impact wrestling, like everything worked out there, I realized I could be one of the people that helps change impact wrestling and make it great again. Uh, and that's, that's bigger on your resume than being a world champion. That's bigger on your resume than anything. If you can say, oh, well, Impact Wrestling, but when I, before I got to Impact Wrestling, I'm not saying I'm the only person that changed the company. A change of management was a huge thing. Like signing a bunch of great talent was a big thing. But when I, before I went to Impact, the, the company was in the grave. And I wanted to be one of the people to reach in and pump blood back into its heart with my bare hands and show that, yo, this company can still be something. And I think over the last two years, two and a half years I've been in the company, it's completely, like, blown people's perception out of the water, and it's only going to get better and better and better and better and better. I think this year's anniversary coming up in uh, next month is going to be a big turning point for Impact Wrestling, especially with all the talent influx that's recently So got what's started. happening with the phone with yeah. Impact? Uh, well, before the uh, <clears throat> pandemic, like, things were really booming and kicking off. Like, we have got out of Orlando out of the last two years, which I think was terrible. To be there because it's like not even a real crowd; it's just a crowd from the park piped in, and some mm. regulars in there. They don't know they tapings. Mm. Uh Impact Wrestling has been selling out most of the buildings. They run across the country in Canada. Uh, they've opened up to Vegas, Texas, New York, Canada, uh, look- Ohio, and every show is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But now that the pandemic, like we're, we've been filming all of our tapings on a closed set uh, at the studio in Tennessee, uh, they they. And I was one of the biggest people in the pandemic hit. I, I put out on Twitter, I'm not doing anything until this calms down. Like, we need to be safe about this. But once I saw the precautions Impact Wrestling was taken, I, I didn't have any fear with what was going on. They had medics there checking temperatures, checking everything. Uh, they made sure that everything was done to the best of their abilities to keep everyone on the roster safe. And they're still doing that. Uh, and with the pandemic hitting, like I said, we have closed arena tapings. When filming once a month, we usually film five episodes of television in a span of three days. So you get in there, get the chunk cut out, and then you're gone and not around people for the rest of the month.
1: It's an interesting period this, Sammy, because I think new wrestling fans can watch all of these shows, and they all kind of look like quite similar broadcasts. The WWE don't have the massive crowds around them. They don't have all of that. that. Um, so it's, so it's an interesting situation just now because I think what fans are forced to do now is just to watch the shows and focus on the actual talent in ring, you know, focus on the work in the ring. Um, so, so it's quite interesting because I think you're seeing a lot of people starting to go, you know, once all the bells and whistles have been stripped away for WWE, you can see a lot of people have been losing a bit of interest in what's actually happening inside the ring. Starting to gravitate towards other promotions, I think.
4: 100, and percent I think uh, it sucks this pandemic hit and we can't wrestle in front of the fans because wrestling really is nothing about the fans. They're a huge part of the show. They're a huge part of the business. But at the same point, I think with everything stripped away, people are now seeing the impact wrestling is just as high as these other companies. And we're like on a story basis. We're one of the best storytelling wrestling companies on the planet right now. And people are actually starting to take notice. Like because impact wrestling doesn't book the same shit week after week, they are expanding and doing different ways of storytelling storytelling. storytelling and character development. I think Impact Wrestling makes more stars than any other wrestling company. Look what they've done with Trey Miguel and Ace Austin over the last year, two young guys under 25, that are absolutely getting booked to the top of the card now, and they can get booked to the top of the card to any of the company now. Impact Wrestling, sure, people still want to talk shit. Sure, people still want to run their mouth because they don't actually watch the product. Uh, Impact Wrestling doesn't get the credit over the past 15, 20 years that Impact Wrestling existed. I feel like they made more mainstream stars than any other wrestling company on the planet.
1: You hear that, Rob? You love T. You, you love – I mean, Greedo oh, has always been – Greedo talks about – TNA and Impact every week on this show, like TNA is. But Gredo, you worked there.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I
3: but I fucking there. but links so Sammy says I ordered it every week. I was obsessed with it right from the start, June nineteenth, two thousand and two. I loved it because it was something different. And Sammy, would you make? Would you ever um, make it an idea or a Impact going back to being called TNA?
4: Uh, I think either way, it's great. Like I love the TNA name, mm-hmm. but I understand why they switched to Impact because there was a lot of bad taste and a lot of people was a mouth of the name Impact Wrestling from the Dixie Carter regime. Oh, yeah. uh, that really put TNA down in the hole, and nothing against those people, it just didn't click. But uh, that's completely it, away it, now. That's, that's the past that's the past I think 100%. it would be good to come back 100%. and fucking boof. I think right now Impact Wrestling there still is that flair of TNA look what they're doing with Moose bringing back the TNA Championship right, Impact cool. Wrestling will always be TNA but now it's in a cool point where you can have like the Impact Regime and the TNA Regime come together to make something great, great.
3: is Eddie Edwards still
4: take him? Eddie Edwards is 100% the undertaker of the locker room. Most respected <laughs> guy. Uh, if Eddie gets mad, you know there's something 100% wrong. Okay. Right.
3: You came to Scotland, was it last year? What did you make at ICW and the Scottish fans? Oh, dude, This is a kind I of Scottish love ICW, podcast. It's it. slowly
4: right. become one of my new homes. Uh, mm-hmm. Before the pandemic, hit, me and Mark Dallas have worked out a deal. Like There was, was going to be a lot of Sammy Callahan in ICW this year. We planned a huge storyline that was going to take the entire year. And hopefully things get back to normal because Scotland, every time I come, it's one of my favorite places to come.
3: I think you and ICW
4: are a perfect fit, mate. 100%. And it's one of the things I remember when I left the WWE, Finn Balor was like, yo, you need to search out ICW. I think that would be a great place for you. And I tried for years, and, like, the schedule just didn't link up, didn't link up, didn't link up. Then finally uh, Dallas hit me. I was like, yo, we got to get you over here. Finally, I got over there, knocked it out of the park, and the rest is history. Brilliant.
1: Sammy, you said you had other projects that you like to work on. Have you got have you get stuff on the go outside wrestling that you're you're planning? You seem like a guy with a lot of plans.
4: 100. percent i have my own company, the Wrestling Revolver. Cheap plug. You can check prowrestlingrevolver.com. All social medias at PW Revolver. You can check us out on the High Spot Network. All of our catalogs on there. Uh, I love running wrestling shows. Being a promoter is one of my favorite things about wrestling. It's a different form of gratification because you actually. Uh, Seeing something you plan or wrote or seeing someone make it to that next level because what you've done to help them out is a whole different form of gratification. the same point, uh, outside of just uh, running my wrestling company, I launched a Twitch channel a couple weeks ago that I'm officially partnered with Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash real Sammy Callahan. I'm about to launch a YouTube channel with my boy Madman Fulton where we're going to be doing fake wrestling documentaries about characters that never existed. Uh, which is going to be called uh, Kayfabe Heroes. Uh, which Jim Comet will love. Connett will love that. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> How's you know, your relationship with Jimmy Boy? He's a big fan of Sammy Callahan. <laughs> uh, but no, like I'm not a complacent person. I'm not just cool with sitting around and just being a wrestler. I want to be a content creator. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be a businessman uh, because I'm still rather young. I'm 31 years old uh and the world's my oyster i don't just continue to build and build and build and build and build i i recently bought a home i i i paid off my vehicles like i'm in a really good spot and that's all because of wrestling but now because of wrestling i can expand out and truly grow my brand
1: there are definitely there are definitely a lot of guys who don't have a plan for anything else outside. You know, we're
4: all gonna get old one day i don't i don't want to work till i'm 65 years old i'd rather be able to retire
1: and how do you feel, man? Are you are you are you hurting yet, or are you feeling good?
4: Uh, I had a neck injury a couple of years ago, and it like messed me up real bad. And uh, throughout the injuries, like I put on some weight. I'm not gonna lie. I, I, I hate how I look currently. But now because of the pandemic, especially, I the way I look at it, I when I was younger, I was a 310 pound kid. I was a big, big, you're fat kid. Well, you're fatty. I was huge, man. Oh, I love hearing that. See, Rob was fat as well. I was oh, beyond God. fat, man. I looked like Chris Farley, like straight up Chris oh, really? Farley. I, that's why I got the name Sammy Callahan, because I looked like Tommy Boy. Here, have you ever been
3: mixed up? I don't know, you know if you know this, but um, an X Factor in the UK
4: star was called Sam Callahan. Did that ever cause confusion? Uh, I get different Callahan stuff randomly. What helps me out is I spell my name differently than every other Callahan out there. Uh, and, and that's all based off me having an OCD Sammy with an eye Callahan with an eye. It's I, and I, right. uh, I totally forgot what we are Oh yeah. I, I was a 320 pound huge kid and I, I wanted to be a star of wrestling. I busted my ass for years. And if you look at when I left WWE and a year or two out from WWE, I was ripped out a six pack, but all that builds up for a while. I got real burnout of dieting and working out nonstop. And I kind of let myself go. Uh, and now because of that i've been able to get my body back to feeling good i've been able to get my motivation back and like over the past like two weeks alone i've lost nine pounds already i'm trying to get back into that ripped shape but i needed some time to decompress like yeah and i I understand like all these guys that do it for years and years and years and years and years it gets hard after a while but i feel like for me personally like me getting out of shape for a year and getting my body uh back to where i'm feeling great uh was detrimental to my career and now i can get shredded again and put the world on notice
3: see when i'm listening to you i actually get a buzz for you just the way you talk and and the inspirations that you've got but what what do you want to achieve what the fuck what do you want to do what's the next big thing that you want to get done
4: uh, I don't think anything will ever be enough for me. And I think that's what makes me dangerous in business because getting one goal isn't good enough. I want to be the, the greatest wrestler of all time. I want to be the greatest businessman of all time. And I'm always going to continue to learn and get better and implement the things that uh, I think make wrestling great. I want to be a major changing factor that makes wrestling completely inclusive that makes wrestling for everybody because you you see what's going on in the world right now and I don't want to see that stuff in professional wrestling you
1: can you can tell that I think because we've had a lot of guests on this show right since we started and you are definitely I would say the most passionate when you're speaking about wrestling even when you've probably done them out and
4: bad at the same time throughout my entire career like It doesn't matter if I worked for TNA, if I worked for WWE, if I ever worked for AEW, if I wrestled for New Japan. Anywhere I'm at the time, anything I'm doing, I'm doing 110%. There's no half of Sammy Callahan. Anything that has my attention at the time is going to get full Sammy Callahan. And I think sometimes my passion gets mistaken for arrogance, which isn't the point. Like I'm just a very passionate person. I, I cry during movies. Hell, I, I've cried during a commercial for a television show. Like mm-hmm. Anything I do in life, I'm 100% passionate about. There's no... Uh, black and white for me. It's one color. It's everything's full blown, one hundred percent of the time.
1: But then, I mean, surely the wrestling business is the last business where you need to apologise for being arrogant, though. Because I mean, that's when you think back to all the fucking greats. I, I kind of feel almost as if that's about a problem at the minute in wrestling, is the fact that there are so many guys out there who are like one well, of the sweet, lovely guys, and you know, when they're interviewed good they're modest and they're nice wants and they to wants me yeah it's, it's patient
4: trophies like one of the biggest yeah. things like just because you're a pro wrestler like I see people like everyone should get paid the same everyone should get the same things in wrestling no you work hard you build your name you get more and like that's like any business that's anywhere in the world but now in professional wrestling I, I feel like it's a big thing right now that Everyone's great. Everyone should be signed. No, they're not. Just because you're over on social media doesn't mean you're going to be able to go to a national television company and do the same thing. There's a huge difference. And I feel like a lot of independent wrestlers now have egos out of this world. Uh, And then when they actually get signed with a national television company, they're going to have to swallow a real hard pill of reality. Mm -hmm.
3: Right, well, I've enjoyed myself, Rob. Is there anything else we can, we, what, you want to pick up? I
1: think that was fucking good. That was a good conversation. No, that was good. Did you that enjoy that, Sammy? It
4: I'm was, really fucking good at this shit. It was you good,
1: really to hear, man. It was good to hear somebody come on and speak highly of themselves because we get so many people on shows like this, and it's a wrestling podcast, right? And we're interviewing people in the wrestling world, and you wouldn't believe how many people come on this show and are kind of, you know, modest and quiet and kind of talk their achievements down and all of that kind of stuff. It's nice to hear somebody just come on and fucking talk themselves up a bit and, uh, you know, and know their worth. And you can see why you're the guy that fucking walked away to the WWE because you thought this isn't right for me. Because if I don't
4: believe in myself, who will? Sometimes you got to take the gamble yeah. on yourself and roll those dice.
1: Because right then
4: man. I'd rather go down and be a failure on my own accord than being a failure because I didn't want to be me.
3: That's a, yeah. that's a fucking strong point, man.
1: Yeah, the, the last thing you want to be in the wrestling game is one of the guys who, at the end of their career, is bitter because they they went to the big promotion and they get fucked over and they just get left to fucking with, you know just shrivel on the vine. That's you know that's that's the fucking worst. Story. There's nothing
4: wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with gaining money to uh, to be able to afford your family and be able to give your family a great life. But right yeah. now I'm at a point like, sure, I want to have children right now, but I have me and my my girl like and it's us versus the world like we both want to be successful we're not to the point where we can have children and give that child all of our time because when we have a child we want to give it everything and that's why like i will continue to bet on myself i'll continue to bet on her and we'll continue to keep killing it around the world like making our legacies profound
1: yeah and the hustle is exciting as well and i mean this is the thing the hustle is the exciting part yeah it's you know getting the regular paycheck is nice but the hustle if you're making the money is exciting money
4: isn't everything at the end of the day yeah you know, but listen, this is is
3: interesting, right? So the the guys that get released a couple of months ago, it will be interesting to see how many guys that will look at what Drew done, what you done, Sammy, and then the guys that will go right, fuck, I'm just gonna, you know, stick the same. I'm gonna come out to the fucking same music at shows. I'm gonna, st- yeah, I'm gonna stay the complete character. It'll be interesting to see who's got the passion and the desire to go, fuck this, man. I'm gonna make a
4: name for myself. And you, and you see that all the time. Like over the past 10 years, guys have gotten released. You're either successful because you change and continue to get better or you stay complacent, use the same music, do the same shtick on every show and you get booked on a couple mom and pop show for a, a bigger payday than some of the more uh, well-known indies. But the problem is the that stops, you that stops
3: fast. Yeah. You know what I mean,
4: hundred percent. And that's on you. Like you, you either bet on yourself or you do, what you're told to do and uh you you fail and then you get out of the wrestling business there's a reason that i've been able to afford my entire life because of professional wrestling It's because i give my all to it and the biggest thing i tell people that are getting into wrestling oh what's your biggest piece of advice i said you're only going to be successful and get out of wrestling what you put into wrestling if you don't give your all to wrestling like don't do it like it's just going to be a hobby at that point. If you want to be a hobbyist, like, that's fine. But you're going to have to work another job and do another life. And then at some point, you're like, oh, well, I, I got to kind of step away from wrestling. But I truly believe I'll have a job inside the world of professional wrestling the rest of my life.
1: Right. Beautiful. And, Sammy, just before we wrap this up, tell us again where we can catch your stuff. Tell us about your YouTube channels. Like, Just get it so we can get it into the you listeners' Check out...
4: My social media, Twitter at the Sammy Callahan, Instagram at official Callahan. Check me out on Twitch. I'm doing a lot of live streams now. Uh, Twitch.tv slash real Sammy Callahan. Also, check out my promotion. Uh, we've had a bunch of dope matches. A bunch of guys I feel like we've helped put on the map with the Wrestling Revolver. All social media accounts at PW Revolver and our website, prowrestlingrevolver.com. Beautiful. Oh, yeah.
1: Thanks so much, Sammy. That
3: is amazing, Sammy. Thanks very All much for
1: that. I really is. appreciate it. No, any time. Gredo, it's been a pleasure. What a great show this is. Uh, please rate, review and subscribe on Apple or get us wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, we you go twice a week, seeing so catches on a Friday, me and Gredo. And you can get the Marks podcast on a Tuesday. Who we, this week, got a couple of questions in. With Charlotte Flair.
3: See, they're good at that,
1: aren't they? Yeah, they're good they're at it. well, well
3: but, I mean, we fly, what did you see? you fly at the coast too. You ride the coo's tail or something, was it we say? chase Either way, I mean, the likes of Sam McAllen, we got him about fucking 10 minutes before the podcast started. That's the way we go, Would you know what I mean? they've obviously got a big system, and they've,
1: and they, they've, got, they've got their contacts and shit like that. They've got a strategy, they've got a strategy. I, you know, I can feel a, a brand was kicking off, I? know, but I would walk by that. whoever
3: does the Mark's podcast on the street, would
1: you know? <laughs> Also, remember to get on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft to check out the video version. Why not buy yourself a t shirt? Told you that before. dot UK forward slash wrestling daft. Everybody, thanks so much for listening. And Gredo, I am away to my bed,
3: man. You're away.
1: Out the road. I'm away up the road. That's your cell. Everybody, stay safe out there. Producer John, lovely to see you. Everybody, stay safe out there. Get on our Patreon, we really need your financial help. We're fucked.